Morning, folks. It's truly lovely to be here. <clears throat> In frustration, someone I was supporting this week sincerely asked, how do you find out who you are? It was a sincere question. How do you find out who you are? I told them that as it happens, I was speaking in church this Sunday and invited them to come along, and I'll attempt to answer that question. So here's my attempt. I'd like to say, though, that in the time we have this morning, this is very much an overview that I'm hoping will inspire us to look into that topic further. <clears throat> we had three grandkids come to our place on Friday. One of them tipped a wooden jigsaw puzzle out and asked me to help them put it together. But because I didn't know what the puzzle represented because it was already tipped out, I didn't know what I was supposed to be putting it back together to look like. So I become a bit frustrated. I was stumped. That was until one of them who had put it back together a couple of times came over and helped me out. Life can be a bit like that. We turn up here with the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle strewn all over the place with little idea of how the heck the puzzle we're trying to put back together is even meant to look like. It's no wonder so many of us become anxious, stressed, confused, and disillusioned. We're living in a society that is disconnected itself from spiritual matters. Like the person I mentioned at the start, every human being that's ever lived has in one way or another sought to answer the classic questions of who am I and why am I even here? Many of us have looked to our culture for guidance and have found it falls short in answering these sorts of questions. And as time goes on, we become more and more frustrated and disillusioned as we struggle to fit the pieces of life's puzzle back together. By the way, as an aside, suicide if isn't often an attempt to end a life, it's often an attempt to end the pain. And many, many of us, for whatever reason, that have traveled down this road will know what I mean by that. Getting back on topic. In all of creation, identity is only a challenge to humans. No other creature ponders its identity. It's only a challenge to humans. We're the only ones that question who are we and why are we here. Evolution 
would say that we come by chance from slime in a puddle. Creation says we come from the love and will of God. Evolution says we are goo. Creation says we are of God. Jesus was being challenged by leaders that were trying to catch him out. They asked the question. You'll find this in Mark if you wanted to look it up. You don't have to now. Mark 12, 16. Is it right to pay imperial taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or, should, or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me, he asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They bought the coin and he asked them, whose image is on this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what is God's. Whose image was on the coin? Caesar's. Whose image is on us? God's. Let's give back to God what comes from God. Let's give back to God what belongs to God. God informs us in the first chapter of the Bible, we humans were created in his image. Don't know if you know this, but the word human comes from the word humus. Humus means dirt. Or as the Bible puts it, the dust of the ground. We come from the dust of the ground. The name human identifies that for us. Let's look to God to inform us of our true identity, not to broken people behaving badly or a culture disconnected from its true identity. Who here has a $10 note that I could borrow? Oh, that's all right. Oh, wait right on. Is there any more money out there? <laughs> You'll get it back, Kirsty. Yeah, cool. Promise. <laughs> that's a ten dollar note, right? Kirsty, was that a real ten dollar note? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what gives this note its value? Why is it worth ten dollars? Not because it's blue, not because it's got some pictures on it. I could give you a blue piece of paper and you wouldn't give me $10 for it. That's worth $10 because of where it was printed. That's worth $10 because of whose signature is on it and where it was printed. That's what gives it its value. Now, how much is it worth? I've just screwed it up. It's going to get worse, Murray. How much is it worth now? Still $10. What about this? How much is it worth now? Still $10. What about this? Stomped on. Imagine, I should have done it, shouldn't I? I didn't think that one through. Imagine a pile of cow poo. And I dip it in the cow poo and I pull it out and I go like this. How much is it worth now? <laughs> 
Same price, isn't it? 10 bucks. What say someone walked in, looked at this $10 note and said, ah, oh, it's only worth $2. What's it worth now? Still $10. What say this $10 note could talk? Use your imagination because I know it'll be worth more than that if it could talk. What say this $10 note could talk and it said, I'm not even worth the paper I'm printed on. What's it worth now? $10. Do you get the picture? This $10 note's value is intrinsic. It can't change. It doesn't matter what's happened to it. Same for us. Our value is intrinsic. Our value is based on where we come from, not whether we have been screwed up or we have screwed up, not whether we've been spat on, not whether we've been shat on. Oops. Our value is unchanging. What others think of us, what you might think of yourself, I promise you this one thing, God does not think like that. You are precious. You are precious. You are priceless. We go astray when we allow anything other than God to define our identity. We go astray when we let our culture define our identity. We go astray when we let broken people behaving badly define our identity. Anything less than the Creator's view of us is less than what we really are. We practice good mental health when we agree with what God says. We practice poor mental health when we disagree with what God says. We live in a secular society. A secular society is a society that has discounted the spiritual. The consequence of that is low self-worth, mental health issues. Yeah, we live in a broken world. We sure as heck do. But we live it with the availability of a God who loved us so much. A God that wants to guide us if we let him. A God that wants to connect to us if we let him. We live in a broken world with a healing God. That's good news. I had a client a while back who was struggling with um, life, I guess, and didn't, didn't believe in the existence of God. And we, we were unpacking bits and pieces around that kind of thing, and he made this comment to me. This is literally what he said. Only a loving God would be worthy of my trust. It's literally what he said. Only a loving God 
would be worthy of my trust because of his background, not a trusting soul. Patsy, you'll like this because this is, I think the genesis of this was from you and the kindy. During Easter last week, when asking one of my grandchildren who Jesus was, they replied, he is the God of the cross. You teach that, Patsy. Thank you. He is the God of the cross. In John 1.1, in describing Jesus, the writer of John said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the word, describing Jesus. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God in human form. Come to this earth. I was asked by another guy, this is all true, this isn't made up. I was asked by another guy the other day, why did Jesus cry out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was starting to read the Bible, I'd encourage him to do that. I suggested he started with John. It's an easier book to read in some ways. And he'd come to that and he was puzzled. Why did Jesus cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, why did God turn away from him? You see, Jesus died on the cross to take the sin of all of humanity. At that moment in time, Jesus, the sinless one, became profoundly sinful, carried the sin. He himself wasn't sinful. He carried our sin, all of our sin, all the sin we have done, all the sin we will do. He literally bore that on his body on the cross. He sacrificed his life, the perfect, as it says in John, the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice. None of us were perfect. He was. He sacrificed his life for us. We were guilty and separated from God, and instead of having to remain separated, Jesus came and died on our behalf. He paid the price for our sin through God's love for us. We were made right with him. And we, the guilty ones, were declared not guilty. That's if we accept the price he paid. If we don't, then we carry that guilt through because the guilt is ours to carry. You know, Jesus didn't come to bring God's love, like some might have thought. Jesus didn't come to bring God's love. Jesus came to reveal God's love. Jesus came in a form, human form, that we could identify with. He lived a human life in human ways to reveal God's love. 1 John 4 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice for our sin. 
today we're going to take communion together. This is what we're saying when we take communion together. Thank you, Jesus, for the price you paid, a price I couldn't, that you paid on my behalf. So I, the guilty one, can now go free. Not only free, but reconnected to the image giver. Not only reconnected to the image giver, but reconnected to all the image giver. This God that loved us so much now makes available to us. It's interesting, isn't it? The cross is a symbol we use in recognizing that someone's died. We, in our culture, it's, a, it's, a, it's the classic symbol, isn't it? And if you think about it, the only reason we have the cross as a symbol is because of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Because the cross is a symbol of torture, of death torture, like the guillotine, like the hangman's noose. That's what it was, but we don't have one of those hanging around our neck while we walk around, do we? We don't have one of those hanging up there. The only reason we have a cross because of what it represents. And for us, and I, and I would say for us as a Western culture, the cross doesn't simply represent death. The cross represents hope. Easter just gone is the reminder that we have every year that even though Jesus died on a cross, he didn't stay dead. Because he didn't stay dead, that hope is available to us. You won't be able to see this. I took a picture and I should have been... Well, I, was, I was prepared, but I decided, eh, I don't like technology that much. I was going to put a photo of it up there. This is a plaque of... Huh. This comes from a cemetery. I didn't pinch it. <laughs> On it is my dad's name, because he was a serviceman. When mum died, they put mum's name on a plaque, so they took this plaque off and put mum and dad's name there so that we, the boys can go and visit that and remember. The reason I have this is in the center of it is a cross. If you go Anzac tomorrow, and I encourage you to go, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to be to stand and support and remember what men and women did, as Tom said, to bring us the freedom that we have today. They gave up their life for that freedom. But why a cross? It's not simply a symbol of death. The cross is a reminder when we go to these cemeteries that there's a hope beyond the grave. That's the reminder. So as, as we come to communion now, you know, to tomorrow we will go to an Anzac parade, possibly some of us, to remember them.
communion, we remember him. We're here to remember him. From 1 Corinthians it says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, I've just given you very much a thumb sketch. of why we are so privileged to be able to celebrate in remembrance of Jesus today. Just a thumb sketch. To anyone here that hasn't opened themselves up to the love that God offers us through the sacrifice of his son on our behalf, on, on our behalf I'd simply say this, if there was a loving God, if there was a loving God, would you want him to find you? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. That's what he did for us. Without him, there is no cross. There is no hope. We are lost. He has made the way. The fall of humanity back in time disconnected us from our true identity. And the fall has damaged us all. We're all damaged goods. We're all disconnected from our true identity. God, in an act of profound love, came and gave his life for me, for you, to reconnect us to our true image and to God, the image giver. The goal of our life's journey is to know whose image we come from and to open ourselves up to God, the image giver, and to allow him to love and guide us. That, I believe, is the meaning of life. What's the meaning of life? Why am I here? What am I here for? They're good, they're deep, they're profound questions. I, I personally believe this is the answer. To open ourselves up to God, the image giver and to allow him to love and guide us. Because if we don't have him to love and guide us, who do we have? Our culture, I'm not so keen on that. Me, not keen on that. Others, meh, no. What are we left with? Well, that's why our culture is not going well. So we're going to partake now in this. This is just your own private time. 
if you've accepted the sacrifice Jesus went through to reconnect you to God, then please take and eat and drink. Just in your own time. Please do that. If you're not there yet, you can take it home. Think about it. Think about what I've talked about. Mull that over. Ask questions. Open yourself up to the possibility that there is a loving God who truly wants to reach you. And he has truly gone, he's truly shifted heaven and earth to do that. Father, as we, as we partake in remembrance of you, of what you have done for us, the price you paid, the length you went, the suffering beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. Our response to you is, my Lord and my God, thank you. Thank you for doing that for me. We remember you.